right, everyone. First ever Beers, Business, and Balls emergency episode, Wednesday, June 24th, and baseball is back. Somehow, baseball, the everybody has defied the odds, and the players and the owners have come to an agreement to start the season up again. This is great news. You guys know me. My name's Jake Zimmer. I've got a very special guest with us today, a, uh, a good friend of the pod, someone who's always there to harass us on Twitter when things go awry, and that's the man that some of you may know as Jimmy McGill or Clubfoot Jim. James Moss, a renowned Division One athlete, former cross-country runner at UConn, now will take his talents to Fairfield University for a fifth year. James, you made it. Is there any better accomplishment than being on beers, business, and balls. You know, I thought it was, uh, you know, that that Division One title you just gave me. You know, getting <laughs> to UConn. Uh, but I've been begging to be on this podcast for, I don't know, since its conception. So, it, so it's really an honor to be here right now. <laughs> well, you made it. I, I don't think after all that, there's anything else that you have to accomplish in your life. Like you made no, it on beers, like, business, and balls. What do you have to yeah. look forward to? Nothing. Yeah, there's few few podcasts. Like maybe part of my take, but I am. I'm all right right no, now. Fuck that. I'm good, right. yeah. I'm good with this. <laughs> baseball is back. The Major League Baseball Players Association and the owners have decided to move forward with this season after everyone has been slandering them for the past few months on not being able to come to a conclusion. So we felt, felt that it was appropriate to come on and talk. Now, it, it's Wednesday the 24th. This will go out today. So... Baseball is, uh, as of right now, they're determining the schedule. They're uh, getting ready for camp. But July 1st, they're, they're going to camp. They are going yeah. to spring training, which is so beautiful. We haven't heard that since March, James, when um, everybody went down. And it, it, this is such a weird year because they started spring training, got a couple weeks in. Everyone was looking good. They were pumping fastballs by people you know DeGrom yep. looked fantastic Garrett Cole was yeah uh, throwing some cheddar for sure and and then they just ripped our souls out so it, it's back and I'm so excited for them to get down to Florida or wherever spring training is going to be yeah well I don't, I don't know if you remember this but I was supposed to go down with mm. my dad and meet yep. you know our good friends Mark and John down there as well um and then just had that brutally ripped away from me like the day before I was supposed to leave and go down there it was it was just, it was like a surreal feeling. It was something we never had to experience before. Something that's just like, I remember the Rudy Gobert situation in the NBA and the Utah Jazz versus Thunder game just like coming to an end. And then everything else stopped. It was a huge domino. Yeah. And we've been stuck in this sort of like limbo since then where just like, okay, sports, they're, they're, they're coming back, but when? And you keep hearing, you hear like these whispers, you hear these rumors, okay, like, this, like July's the month or, you know, whatever. And I won't believe it until I see it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I won't believe it eyes. until, yeah. Until, until the Grom <laughs> versus Cole opening day on July 24th, I will not see it. I will not believe it. Hey, that's not too much of a stretch either, which is sick. No, not at all. Not so, at all. But any case, uh, so here's what the deal is going to be. There's going to be 40 games in a team's division. So let's take the Yankees, for example, and run them through this model. They've got 60 game season total plus uh, expanded playoffs. I think the playoffs is the most unclear part of this picture but let's start breaking down the regular season first. 40 games in their division. So the Yankees will play, you know, Boston, Tampa Bay, Toronto, Baltimore, uh, 10 games each. And right. then 20 games interleague, which is basically, they're not going to do like an expanded interleague model like they sometimes do. Um, 
it will be four each against oh no that doesn't add up it's five each sorry against uh the regional opponent from the other league so the Yankees right. are going to be playing the NL East. It'll be four each against Washington, or five each against Washington, the Mets, uh, Miami, and Philadelphia. So this is pretty cool. The, you're a big Mets fan, James. Yes, uh, they'll do that in reverse. So, you know, they'll get the 10 each against uh, the Nats, the um, – why can't I think of anyone? I, I definitely the left Marlins. somebody out against – yeah, the Marlins, the Phillies. The Braves, the Phillies. Braves. Yeah, I forgot the Braves. Yeah. That's dumb. So yeah. – they're like they the get best four team each in the against yeah no I was right they get four each against five teams wow that was really right. dumb that was a brain yeah, fart well, I wasn't gonna correct you it's your podcast <laughs> so. hey that's fair I respect <laughs> it um so I think this is pretty cool I think that's a doable model you know for the Mets they're going yeah. down to places that are close they're going down to Philadelphia they're going to Washington they'll go down to Miami and Florida a couple times um and after Cuomo's uh, targeting of Florida people today that's something else but um, yeah, well, that, that's yeah. for another day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, that's that's for the DMs. <laughs> for the DMs. Oh my god. Um, but I, I think this is really cool. I think this is a, a nice plan, and this is not overdoing it. They're not going to have to go on any crazy West Coast trips for both teams. This mm-hmm. is this is good, and it's doable. Yeah. And I don't think they're going to renege on it. Listen, everything is is a is a bus drive away, you know, and I think that's the best. Except for you know going down to Miami, Tampa right. Bay, and Atlanta. But yeah, I think that's, that's the best too. way to keep it is, is just, you know, everything's a bus right away. It's all pretty much tri-state area and a little expanded upon that. And it'll be fun. Like, like I'm, I'm sort of excited for this, this smaller sample size of season because it allows for, you know, you, you, you see these crazy runs that happen in the middle of season where, you know, a hitter will be hitting like 500 for however many weeks or games. And now you see that in, in a smaller sort of setting and that has more impact on the rest of their season outcome. Yeah. So, yeah. This is going to be really cool. Everything, as you mentioned, is close. Uh, these are opponents that they play a lot too. Both teams, mm-hmm. you know. Um, these are opponents that are they've almost sort of developed their own type of rivalry, even if it's not a quote-unquote um, rivalry, I guess. Right. Right? Um, right. You know, there's something about if you're a Mets fan, you get pumped when they beat the Nationals or they beat the Braves or the Phillies or the Marlins. You know, because it's one game up uh, in the standings on whoever you have. So yeah, absolutely. So it's nice to see that these players are going to have the opportunity to just have a ruthless face-off between them. And they win a couple of games against them. I, I mean, every game in this scenario, I guess what I'm trying to say is so crucial because mm-hmm. it has division implications. Every single game, it's like picking up in – it quite literally is picking up the season in July. So – yeah. Absolutely. You have a lot of ground to give on people and you, you've got every game has a little bit more meaning. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. The, the, the interleague games almost feel a little like, especially in past years, they've started to feel not important at all whatsoever. Now they're just, they, they completely just feel like filler games. Like they're just there so we can get a 60 game season yeah. and, and people get their salaries. I think that but, kind of sucks too. Cause there was always that element of the subway series with the Yanks and Mets and you yeah. have these rivalries like, uh, like, the Cubs White Sox and even things like Tampa Bay and Miami and the two LA mm-hmm. teams and um, Cubs Cardinals too. I mean, even as a big yeah. one, but it, the interleague yeah. matchups, I guess what I'm trying to say is you don't have that same draw anymore, right? Subway series is one of the biggest events in New York. Now they're, yeah. it's just another game form. It's a filler game to round out the season. So that's yeah. the nasty downside of it, I guess. Yeah. Well, I'd say one of many, 
nasty downsides and downsides in, in this sense, meaning just like future implications in the game down the road when it comes to 2021 and the CBA. And I don't want to get into that right now, but um, <laughs> yeah. An exciting part is that one sixth of your season is Yankees Red Sox. Yep. That is, that is incredible. That's good for, for any diehard Yankees or Red Sox fan. Well, I also saw something on Twitter, some guy that was probably a low market shitty team fan. He okay. was like, well, the Red you could Sox. You just say a Braves fan. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if it was a Braves fan or not. I doubt it. It was probably like Detroit or something. I don't Brutal. know. Or Tampa. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Tampa. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was someone going like, wow, I wonder how many Sunday night baseball games there's going to be on ESPN because the Yankees Red Sox are going to have all of them. And yeah, I mean, sure. Uh, they, I, I mean, think maybe <laughs> if you want, they're going to play also, 10 if you're times. A, if you're a Detroit fan, you can't really complain. <laughs> I know. I, I don't know, but yeah, I don't know yeah. what fan the fandom the guy had, but at the same yeah. point, it's like when you have all these rivalry games now, these in-division rivalry games, who the fuck are they going to televise on national TV? That's another yeah. question. But who knows? That, that's only time will tell because I don't really think ESPN thought about that. I don't think all no. the MLB network thought about it and stuff like that. So. I, don't, I don't really think ESPN has thought about anything, really. Especially how, poor, how poorly they handled KBO and how they just <laughs> – they don't market it. They, they, they don't, they don't care if you watch or not. Like, they it fucked been it up so, so badly. It's like, I, was, it, I was so excited and looking forward to, to yeah. like, seeing players' personalities and, like, seeing a completely, like – because baseball is universal. Major League Baseball is only scratching the surface of what baseball is worldwide. Right. And I was excited right. to, like, indulge in another culture's version of baseball. And it's just, like, like a Twitch stream of yeah. them watching – you know, KBO. And we got to glorify all Aaron Altair right. highlights. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron Altair. We got, and if we had waited another month, we would have got some Addison Russell highlights too. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. He's, but, uh, yeah, yeah. I guess he signed with the KBO, but it, even yeah. still, your point is so true because the KBO and you, it's just a glorified talk show where they're playing baseball behind it. It's, mm-hmm. not even, I wouldn't even compliment it as far as saying it's a Twitch stream because Twitch streams are fun. Yeah, they're fun. I mean, we're big Ducks fans. Like, we're, I, we're yeah, yeah. It, but they're watching sucked. it every day, and that's not even real. Yeah, but it sucked. <laughs> it was Bogshiambi and a couple other guys, and I thought Ravage would be better. I really did. Um, him and yeah. Eddie Perez, they they're a good crew when they're in a studio, when they're mm-hmm. you know calling some games every now and then. But this KBO sucked. Anyway, I don't want to get too far off track. Um, right. Yeah. The so there's going to be a 60 game season, which is good. Bottom line is they're going to play their division rivals uh, 40 games. So two thirds of the year. And then the other third will kind of just be filler games in the, uh, yep. the opposing divisions. So yep. should be fun. Schedules coming out uh, sometime today or tomorrow. Um, Here's some of the rule changes that they're going to be implementing. I was part of this agreement and we'll probably come up in the CBA too uh, next year. The national league, as many of you know, does not have a designated hitter so their pitcher has to hit in the lineup which generates some pretty electric moments but some also miserable ones too because you got pitchers getting hurt or throwing their back out on a swing or getting cleated on a slide and it's like what the fuck are they doing out there this is something that the players have been pushing for for quite some time now and they're gonna get a trial run of it so every team's gonna have nine hitters in the lineup which is good i think that this is good for the game um, 
I think the next rule that we'll talk about is not necessarily good for the game, but I don't know. This, I, I don't think anyone's pissed off, James, with an NL Universal DH. Yeah. Um, again, like I said uh, before we started recording, the, the baseball traditionalists are going to, you know, just tear the season apart. I, I think we were well on our way to getting a Universal DH yeah. until Bartolo Colon hit a home run, and that set us back <laughs> another 10 years. Yeah. Because people love to bring up the fact that Bartolo Colon hit a home run, and if we had that DH, that never would have happened. I know. Yeah. But listen, you got you got to look at what's good for the game of baseball, not just you know one fun play that happened five years ago. Yeah. In, in, in my own selfish reasons, the, the the Mets would benefit from Universal DH much more than any other team. I mean, then we get places for Cano and Cespedes and even a little bit of J.D. Davis and Jed Lauer if he's still alive. Like, we have, yeah. like, these contracts, and people can actually finally fill their roles. Think about how many minor leaguers that can come up in that aspect, too. When you have Cano just kind of taking up space at second and first, like, yeah. you could throw a much better defender out there and have yeah. Cano's bat in the lineup. Because you can't take Cano out of the lineup. No fucking shot. No. You have no, to leave. No. You have to leave him in, and you know. Then you get to mix a rookie in. If you've got a stud third baseman coming up or something, you flex yeah. McNeil over to second, give him a day to rest. And even if McNeil's playing right or something like that, you move him to second base, or you take him. You know, you give him a rest day so that a stud rookie can come up and Cano's still in the lineup. So yeah, that's absolutely. one example of many that the NL is going to benefit from. Yeah, yeah, and I, it, it sets a precedent for the future because it keeps pitchers as pitchers. And overall, the offense improves. And yep. th that's been like, when it comes to American League and National League, it's always the American League is this offensive powerhouse. And when it comes to the NL, it's pitching. And they're the offensive powerhouse is because they have these roles for players where they are a DH. They don't need to play positions. Like, like it creates a job, essentially, for, for 15 other teams. Yep. So we'll have to see what the feedback is on that. I'd imagine it'd be nothing but positive from the players. So yeah. hopefully the message gets relayed to the fans. Um, the next rule is weird. The 10th inning starts with a runner on second base. As many of you know, the whole angle with this is okay. Uh, extra innings are miserable. You don't want to be watching a game until the 14th or 15th inning because it's 2, 3 a.m. at that point. Uh, they call this the California rule just from playing baseball at a younger age. I know there were some leagues that you and I were in that tried to implement it. Uh, I don't think we ever yep. tried that though. Um, no, I don't know. This but, is weird. So basically the angle is to accelerate the speed of game, obviously. Right. But you, you can't, I don't, I'm not at the place where you can start the 10th inning with a runner on second. It's just weird. It's a weird it, – it, talk about pissing the traditionalists off. It's yeah. like a fucking arcade game now. Yeah. And it, it, if I see this past this season, I will be angry. Yeah. I, under, I understand completely for this season, especially trying to fit 60 games in 66 days or whatever the, the timeline was. Like, we want to get these games over with. We, we yeah. can't afford a game to go to 3 in the morning. But <laughs> anything after this season, if, if this is implemented or there's someone trying to force this – to become part of the game like listen not even every fall ball league does this not even yeah. every little league league does this like this is this seems so bush league this is just yeah no well, think I, about I, this, I would not be able to right. handle that yeah think about this logistically too i mean let's say let's put the yankees through this again selfish reasons because we're a yankees podcast but <laughs> let's put the uh, let's model this out let's say bottom of the ninth the uh 
I don't know, the nine, one, two guys, or no, it's, let's say the bottom of the ninth ends with the nine hole hitter in the order. So whoever's hitting ninth strikes out, let's just call it Gio or Shella or something like that. Um, and then you've got guys up that are at the top of the lineup. I mean, it, that puts the other team almost at a significantly unfair advantage when you've got a nine-hole hitter that just struck out to end the inning on three pitches, and he's going out to run at second base because they're not just going to take anyone and throw him on second. They won't just take their fastest runner, but I would imagine they're probably going to take the guy that made the last out beforehand. It's like kind mm-hmm. of the, the pinch running rule, right? When you right, and I were right. playing – baseball it was all right the catcher gets the, the special pinch, pinch runner, runner or yeah. whatever it was called right they yeah. get an emergency pinch runner and the kid that made the out before him goes out and runs doesn't matter who he right. is doesn't matter if he's a fat fuck or Hussein Bolt yeah so, you gotta go out there do you think like I can only imagine if the four hole hitter got out or something like that to end the inning before and guys like David Ortiz were the four hole hitter or even guys like A-Rod or way back even the I think there's less ego and stuff now but think about if you tried to tell what a guy like hey you're going out to second base and run and it's one of those guys like just Mm -hmm. a a massive meathead that can't run like Pablo Sandoval if Panda gets out to end the inning before and they're like all right you have to go to second he's gonna be like fuck you I'm not going out there yeah that's just a (laughs) I think that's a fun side effect of this or on the other side of that um these power hitters with their large egos if you try to tell a guy, okay, you're coming out of the game, we're going to put someone in faster for you so that if you do make yeah. this last out, we have a faster guy on second base. They're going to yep. tell you to go fuck yourself. And then it goes you're, around. The, the order comes back around. For some reason, you're still playing in the 12th, and you've got some scrub that can run fast out there. Yeah. I don't know. I, maybe maybe this rule's not ironed out enough yet, but – No, I think there's going to be some real galaxy brain managing going on. Like <laughs> – it's going to separate the the managers who know what they're doing and those that are need to find other jobs. Yeah, I hope so. So that that's one that we're certainly keeping our eyes on. I, I really mm-hmm. want to see how that works. Yeah. This Absolutely. next one is funny. This is about the social distancing and the saliva and the exchange of bodily fluids and stuff like that. Yeah. All right. No spitting, no chewing gum, no seeds. Actually, I think they can chew gum. Sorry. They just can't spit. They can spit. chew gum. They can't yeah. spit. They can't spit it out. They can't spit seeds. Yeah. And my favorite of all of this is that because the pitchers go like this, like they lick their fingers to get a better grip right. on the ball. They can't right. do that. I don't that. know if you remember Mike Pelfrey back in the day. He was the biggest <laughs> hand yeah, licker I, I, I ever Mike saw. Mike Pelfrey, he wore number, what, 34 for the Mets? He's a big motherfucker. He, he yeah, rocked the black lanky. uniform. Yeah, he yeah, rocked it. Yeah, yeah that, was, um, that was back in the black uniform prime. Oh, yeah. Mets not a black color. Uh, or black is not a Mets color. Whoa. Black is not a Mets color. <laughs> black uh, is Met, not a Mets a black color. color. <laughs> Um, the Met, the Mets should not. Yeah, black. Their uniforms are sick, but like the yeah. black uniforms. But yeah, I, I don't know if you, if you pay attention to Mets Twitter at all, but there's a no. never-ending debate over the the black uniform and it's whether not. or not it belongs on our team. It doesn't. And, okay, but it's so I, I know which position you stand, and I know it's the wrong one. So. <laughs> but uh, so I mean, it's it's a sick uniform. I love yeah. it. I want them to yeah. wear it every game, but it doesn't belong in the Mets arsenal unless they change their logo. Agree to disagree. <laughs> But this this wet rag in their pocket, th- this is so bad. You take the, yeah. so pitchers can take a wet rag out to the mound with them, mm-hmm. so that to get a better grip on the ball, they rub the wet rag. Are these people so oblivious to the the fact that 
water's not going to be the only substance on there. Oh, absolutely. It is going to be pine tar. There's going yep. to be some other stuff, uh, you know, sunscreen, I'm sure. Anything oily-based that they punish pitchers for all the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the back put stick on the Jerry Rice football. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's This is very bad. This is going to be yeah. very bad. But even so, I think it's – what's really going to put people over the edge is there's no fucking chance the MLB is going to enforce this until someone gets called out and everyone has to backtrack and point fingers. There, yeah. There's no possible other scenario here. Yeah. Cause it's going to be, it's some, some stupid manager is going to ruin it for everyone. Be like, Hey, like what, what's he doing up there? And yeah. then it's going to backtrack to, Oh, actually someone on your team also did this. And it's like, well, the game we played yesterday, someone on the other team was doing, and it just goes back unless someone gets called out on the first game of the season and puts a stop to this. Listen, we're going to be 35 games into the season. It's going to be like – that's essentially the home stretch at this point. Yeah. And left and right accusations are going to be flying around. 100%, which is yeah. so dangerous. So I, I, I don't see how they just let it fly. Like, who, yeah. like, who was in power to approve this and said, sounds great to me? Well, who do you think? It was Rob Manfred. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rob. Good old Robbie. Uh, God. Um, and I can't wait for when they try to – figure out a resolution to this and they're going to say well how can we enforce it and they're going to constantly go back and forth and say well you know maybe we really can enforce it and at that point rob manfred's gonna be like well if we can enforce it we have to shut the season down knock on wood yep. i can't i can't imagine but it, it seems i, I imagine real. it's like rob manfred sitting behind the dugout with one of those like little water sprays you shoot at cats when it's like misbehaving and if you see someone like spit out their gum or spit out seeds you just like gives him a quick little spray to the oh face and he's God. like he can't do that that's the extent of what he can do Ugh, so this is bad bottom line that rolled yeah, bad i no not good <laughs> there's not gonna good. be a lot of sunscreen and pine tar on that that yeah. wet rag so yeah one's the dry end one's the wet end <laughs> so yeah yeah oh i don't know that, that's just so funny um let's before we hop into predictions let's ask a quick question um so i want to hear your thoughts yeah sure does this whole 60 game season is this going to have any effects on pitchers versatility for example if i'm garrett cole i have been training my ass off for three months i've been dying to get out there i've been playing catch with my wife and i've been just dying to get on the mound at yankee stadium do i tell aaron boone that i want to go all nine innings every game if I'm doing well, or do I tell him maybe I want three days of rest because I can handle it or is it both? And is that widespread across the league? Because I have my thoughts, but I, you have to think that this is what pitchers are thinking about right now. I can't necessarily speak for, for Garrett Cole because I'm not, I don't, I don't really know the Yankees rotation that well. Like not even for after. him. Let's just back up and say like any of the top tier, like, one right. through three starters on any team, like right. 80 plus overall in MLB the show. Right. So using my knowledge of the Mets and the Mets bias, I'm going to say DeGrom, right? Sure. I'm going yeah. to say DeGrom. Run, run DeGrom through this model. Yeah. We have six starters. Well, five now because Syndergaard is uh, getting the Tommy yeah. John surgery. Ugh. I mean, we have – Four starters who at one point were like in t like top end rotation starters. I say, especially to Grom, you go nine innings every time. 
you go as far like, like you said it depends if he's pitching well but i say you go the distance as much as you can right like, this uh, is yeah you know, it's not it's not a 33 start season anymore it's I, I can't do the math i'm not smart enough to do that but it's a lot less than that it's like a third of those 11 11 a third of 33 is 11 yeah um so yeah go, go for 11 complete games man who cares well, even you, you, still, right, so if you divide 60 up by five, let's say that there's five starters and per the normal MLB rotation, and everyone, they, they just go in the, the standard five-game or five-starter rotation. That means you get 12 starts this year. If you divide that into four, you get 15. So if they run a four-man rotation, you get 15 starts. Mm-hmm but you're going to be on three days rest instead of four. Right. Some days you're going to be on four days rest with the off days and the travel days and whatnot, I would imagine. Right. My thoughts are, yeah, if you're the managers, you need to be telling your players that, you know, if you can go off three days rest, we've got to get you the right trading resources and the the medical Mm -hmm. staff and whatnot. But Like, if you're a manager, why the hell wouldn't you want your best starter out there? It's weird because maybe I don't understand it enough, but you kind of have to balance the the long-term viability of your player with a short season. I don't think anyone has the answers to it, but, you know, they had to find a balance of what's not going to throw my guy's arm out and what's going to help us win the most games in the shortest amount of time. It's like a sprint for the playoffs almost. Yeah, I I can see – Managers treating this as like players, they, they want to get a full season's worth of effort out of these players in 60 games. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm going to see the route a lot of managers taking. Mm-hmm. So that's especially in, in a player like the Grom's case where, you know, the Mets history with the bullpen issues and disappointing seasons last year from Familia and Diaz. We don't know if we can rely on them this year. We're going to be looking for him to go, what, seven, eight innings at least a game. Yeah. You know, and yeah, I, I, I just see like them trying to get 162 game worth effort in 60 games. Like they're, they're going to be, like you said, to sprint. So they're not going to be yeah. treating this like a marathon anymore. It's going to be pedal to the metal, full go for 60 games. Yeah. It's a matter of how they're going to, I don't know. I think though that might have some bad consequences, but hopefully it's not it could. too yeah. many. Um, yeah. But that being said, let's go into some predictions uh, because yeah, I think sure that's thing. a nice segue into what this year's actually going to look like. There's four mm-hmm. topics here. Um, we'll start with your answers and then go to mine. So okay. I'll just go down the list here. What do you think the number of wins that will lead the league at the end of the year will be? So 60 games, what is the best team in baseball? What's their record going to be pretty much out of those 60 games? I if see, you really want to get see, crazy, yeah. then who is it? Who's the team? <laughs> I don't see it really being more than – I'd say 50 is the max. Ooh. I can't see a team winning more than 50 games. That um, high? Wow. 50 yeah, – yeah, wow. you, you think someone's you know, going to go 50 and 10? Yeah, I can see someone going 50 and 10. I see someone like the Dodgers because you got – I mean, come yeah. on, just look at the Dodgers lineup. I mean, you can see a team like that going 50 and 10. Yep. Uh, but then it, it also depends on – their league schedule and their interleague schedule. Yeah. So like, like a team from, I'd say either the East divisions, there's no chance they're getting anywhere close to even 45 games, I think. Wow. Because the East divisions. 
Interesting. Yeah, the East Divisions. I mean, they got some. I mean, as, with, aside from the Orioles and the Marlins, I mean, you got like rising talent in Toronto. They're, I mean, they're a budding team. Tampa Bay is really good. Boston is still like they always kick around a little bit. Yeah. New York's up there. Both New York teams are up there. The Phillies are the Phillies. The yeah, Braves the obviously won the division last year. The Nats are World Series too. championship. Yeah. Like that, I'd say there, there's eight out of ten teams there that actually have a case for being really, really good baseball teams. I, I don't doubt it, and that's actually something I didn't think about. Um, I say my prediction is no more than 40. I no say absolutely 40. no more than 40. Uh, the maximum that I think someone will get to is 42. And okay. if there is a team that does it, it will be the Dodgers. No absolutely. doubt in my mind. Yeah. Um, yeah. If there's anyone that can do it, you look at the AL West because they played 20 games against the AL West. Mm-hmm. It's the Angels is really, they're only going to be, um, they're going to be the they're team trendy. that gives the most trouble. You know? You think so? The, I, I think, think they're, they're just like the trendy dark horse team. That, they're trendy for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Who yeah. doesn't want to love them? Because they, they have Rendon. They have fucking Trout, obviously. Uh, yeah, Otani should decent, be pitching again. Right. A decent pitching yeah. staff. Mm-hmm. Um, inside their division, though, I mean, the Padres aren't really there yet. Um, the Padres no. pitching is going to be okay, though. So that's Yeah, they're solid for sure. Yeah. And then you get Tatis back for a whole season. Hopefully our friend um, Matt Batten will come up this year too. I need to see <laughs> but, him in a Padres uniform. I need to see him in the Padre Brown. Yeah. Um, but, and again, you have the snakes out there. You have. Um, yeah. With Bumgarner, they got a revamped yeah. rotation. Uh, they saw, they got a Starling Marte from the Pirates. I don't think Colorado is going to be anything special this year. They're still in no. rebuild mode, but no, they're, they, they're, they are going to cruise through that whole side of the country. Pretty much. I guess is what we're oh, trying absolutely. to say. Um, it, yeah, especially well, Houston. You know, yeah. We can't forget Houston. Fuck Houston. Um, Houston's there, dude. I think they're just going to be like a, a dog with a tail between his legs. Yeah. They're, they're just going to be so scared to be out there. I, 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 don't, I, I mean, I see them winning games. I don't see them being the Houston of the past three years. Not fair. They don't get to get relentlessly booed either, but that's for another day. Yeah, that's, and they got um, so easy. Yeah. So, I mean, 42 games, I think is the max. And I think if anyone does it, it'll be Los Angeles. And James yeah. Moss, let the record show, says 50, uh, 50 wins. 50. Yep. So interesting. Uh, next question is, could we have a hitter that hits over 400 this year? See, I actually, this is funny. I actually tweeted a poll about this today. Um, yeah, I tweeted a poll. I said, who do you think? I put the three options as Yelich, Bellinger, or Trout, and then a fourth option as other. Oh, yeah. Um, I voted for other. You voted for other? Who's your other? Well, just keep going. <laughs> I've got a point. All yeah. right. <laughs> Nobody voted for my pick, which was Bellinger. Huh. Because you look at Bellinger the first two months of last season, I think it was April and May, he was hitting 400, if not just a shade under 400. Yeah. And if, if he keeps up that sort of like beginning of the season, like my bat's on fire, then he's going to do it again. Yeah. Yeah, he seems like he seems like the kind of player that that starts out strong, as opposed to Yelich, who's a hitter that more so finishes out the season strong. That's fair. I mean, I yeah. say no. I say there's no uh, there's no player that does it. You don't think so? No, I think uh, I do not think this era is going to uh, produce a 400 hitter at any point. I think really? that maybe in the first month. You see guys that are 390s, 400s, and then they'll climb mm-hmm. back down. I don't think it's going to last 60 games. I don't. Who's the closest we've seen? It had to have been Mauer, right? Probably Mauer, yeah. He, uh, he was 370, like, back, back in the day. <laughs> I, yeah, he was really good. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah. 
So let's move right along here. Um, how many home runs, speaking of home runs and Bellinger and all that stuff, does the leader finish with? Keep in mind, if you prorated it out, mm-hmm. for them to get to 50 homers, they would need, I believe it's 18 and a half over 60 games. Okay. I think it's 50. That's, that's yeah. that. Yeah, so um, I think 18 is a solid – like 20 maybe. 20, 20 is a solid number. You know, cool. Not anything any, more. Any than predictions that. on who? <sighs> is that a no? <laughs> no, it's fine. I say, yeah, no, no, not right. really. Cool. No, I mean it's you know I, I I don't know I think Pete's gonna as much as I love Pete Alonso he's gonna have a little bit of a sophomore slump especially in a weird season like this. Um, That's weird yeah. that you say that because I I actually said I don't think that this will happen either but I could see three people doing this. If, yeah. if anyone does, I think Alonso is one of them. Okay. I think Cody Bellinger. And I think if he's healthy, John Carlos Stanton can do it too. Yeah. I, I, I see that for sure. I don't think yeah. anyone else in the league even touches it. I think judge will not, I don't think trout will. Um, no, I don't see trout doing that. I could see maybe Yelich or Bellinger, one of them, not both. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And then, um, and then uh, our last question here. Should be a fun one. Who wins the World Series? <laughs> Not that we're in any mental state to, to know, the World but who wins the World Series? Easy pick is the Dodgers. Easy pick is the Dodgers because, yeah, in, in a small sample size season like this, they're just going to run the table, like, not even close. Um, my pick, however, is the New York Mets <laughs> <laughs> because – you can't have a June slump if there's no baseball in June. <laughs> and all we do is come back in July. That's all we've done. Look at last year. Oh, yeah. God, you, you crack me up, man. You do. I got to believe every <laughs> once in a while. I, um, my pick is, I'll, I'll say this. Whoever is entirely healthy at the end of the year is going to win the World Series. Okay. So that that narrows it down to 30 teams. (laughs) Sick. (laughs) That being said, I think there's two teams that at full strength you don't want to run into. Mm -hmm. And it's the Yankees and the Dodgers. Yeah. Yeah. At full strength, you do not want to run into the Yankees because if if everyone was healthy, they would have run the table on everyone last year. Yeah. They clearly have the the best – talent um and depth for sure one through um, nine i don't think there's a team better no so no. Uh, the dodgers are the other one um they they are the other team that would give the yankees a run for their money in terms of mm-hmm. talent yeah i mean a roster with three mvps on it is nothing to overlook yeah so we'll have to see those are your predictions folks um that's really all the time we have on today's emergency episode of beers business and balls james we've got less than a minute here you want to shout out uh where our listeners can find you uh yeah you can find me on twitter at clubfoot gym uh i tweet mainly sports opinions and sometimes i try to be funny uh i have an instagram at clubfoot gym uh it's private it's nothing (laughs) like my twitter um I stream on Twitch every once in a while. It's twitch.tv slash clubfoot gym. And uh, yeah, you know, just, just clubfoot gym. Look for me. Clubfoot gym. James Moss, thanks for joining us. And uh, you're, you're always more than welcome here on Beers Business and Balls. Thanks for having me.
Thanks for joining us on today's emergency podcast. We're so excited for baseball to return. As a reminder, we're happy to have Anchor as a sponsor. Start creating your podcast and making money today by downloading Anchor for free on the App Store or heading to anchor.fm. Hope you'll join us next week for episode 12 of Beers, Business, and Balls, featuring Big East digital correspondent John Fanta. As a reminder, you can follow us on Twitter at the underscore BBB underscore podcast and on Instagram at the dot BBB dot podcast. For James Moss and our co-host on the IL, Will Tondo, I'm Jake Zimmer. So long, folks.